We're Missio Phoenix, a community of God's people learning to live in God's ways for the sake of our city. Glad you guys are here. Happy New Year. Everyone excited for 2022? <laughs> that was kind of sad. Okay. Uh, I, I saw a meme that said, when you realize that it sounds like 2022, like also, like 2020 again, it's like, I hope not. <laughs> no, it's a new year. We don't know what's going to happen, right? I think that's one of the things that, uh, in a sad way, was comical to me, was looking back at all the sermons churches did at the beginning of 2020 that were like, you know, we have this 2020 vision. They thought that was like a really cute saying to be like, we could see like where we're going with this. And then like early March happened, everything got shut down. And I was like, you didn't see that with your 2020 vision, huh? And so I, I say that kind of in jest, but it's also very sad. Uh, but again, I just want to remind us, we don't know what comes tomorrow. Only God knows that, right? And so when we talk about like vision and what we want to see this year, that's through a lot of prayer. But again, holding open hand and saying, all this is yours, God. We trust you with this. And we want our lives to be held in that posture too, that our entire lives are brought before God to say, hey, we don't really know what we're doing with ourselves even. Uh, and so we, we hold ourselves before you. We trust you with this. You know what to do with this person, right? And that's the idea behind what we're looking at this morning is that we want to be formed by God. Now, I mentioned something about my, my voice. My, I actually lost my voice Wednesday night when our MC was over for dinner. And I was like, totally fine. We're talking, we're having a good time. And suddenly like, <clears throat> I got someone caught in there. And you guys have seen it before on a Sunday morning. It was kind of like that. Only it didn't like hurt or anything. It just suddenly just went. And my voice was gone. And I was like, what just happened? Uh, and the whole next day, all of Thursday, no voice. And I was like, well, Anthony better start getting ready to do a sermon on Sunday. Uh, and then I coughed up something and suddenly it was back. And I was like, this must have been what happened with Zechariah. When the guy was like, you can't talk till the baby comes. And then he just like hocked up a loogie. And he was like, oh, I could talk now. It was like, as soon as it happened on Friday morning, I was like, I wanted to sing, you know? <laughs> but no one wanted to hear that. So I didn't, but it was just like this crazy thing. And what had happened, and here's the thing. It's funny, I forgot because this happens to me all the time. It's happened throughout my entire life. I have really bad sinus situation going on up here. Like my ear, nose, throat connection is not working together well. And so what had happened is just the slow drainage that I didn't even know most of the time was happening just slowly started building up and forming something inside of my throat. I know this is the grossest sermon illustration I've ever given you, but I got your attention, don't I? It slowly started forming this thing in my throat. And before I knew it, I had no warning. Before I knew it, it was just there and it just grasped my voice and I couldn't talk. And I think a lot of times that happens for us in our lives, doesn't it? That there's things going on in our lives that they're subtle they're small. We don't think much of them. And slowly over time, what they're doing is they're forming us. They're shaping what kind of people we are. 
There's a lot of things in our lives that are doing that if we could take the time and really examine it. And what I wanna say, what I wanna pray for, what I wanna plead for, for myself and for all of us is that we would notice what those things are and say, no, we will only allow the creator to form and shape us by his grace that that would be true. In Genesis 2, 7, says this. Actually, I think we have it on the screen. Genesis 2, 7, God is looking at the earth and he's going like, hey, there's, there's nobody to care for these plants that I just caused to grow for all the vegetation here. And so verse seven, then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust from the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. And the man became a living being. So right before that, it was talking about the soil there and there was no rain yet, but there was a misty water coming up from the ground. So you got water and you got soil mixed together. What do you have? Mud, right? And any one who ever played with mud as a kid knows that that's very similar to clay, right? So God has, he literally gets his hands dirty in the mud. Everything else that he brought into existence, he simply spoke a word and it came to be. But with humanity, he gets down and he gets his hands dirty in the soil and he starts playing with mud. And he starts forming a little person. Now, I'm not as good as God is at this, so I'm gonna make a little stick figure man here. He starts forming a little guy. But what's crazy is he forms him in his image. You know what that means? That word there is actually the same word used as idol throughout the Old Testament. When God comes to Israel and he says, hey, don't have any other idols Don't form anything even in my image, he tells them. Like it wasn't even okay for them to form a statue to represent what God looked like. Why? Because he already had idols. He already had living statues to represent him. So he makes this little guy. I don't think he's gonna be able to stand up. I made him very top heavy. We'll prop him against this Play-Doh cup here. Looks like who? Homer Simpson? But he's blue. And Homer's yellow. Uh, that is really bad. I'm sorry. The kids are playing with Play-Doh this morning. Hopefully they're doing a better job than me. But this is what he does. And he, he forms and he shapes someone to represent his own self to the rest of creation. But it's just like a lump of clay still. He formed him physically with his own hands. But the crazy thing is when he breathed his own breath into it, And that word there, we've talked about this, ruach, is the same word for spirit. God's own breath, God's own spirit entered into this lump of mud. And then what he had formed with his hands was now being formed on the inside too. And a life was formed and animated and came to be. And then God continued to walk and talk with the man and the woman. By the way, the woman was formed by God's hands too. Do you remember when he says, hey, there's not anyone suitable to come alongside this man. So he puts him into a deep sleep and he takes from his side and forms. It's like, I got too much clay here. This head's too big, right? And he takes off from that and forms another one with his own hand and his own breath again. So both the man and the woman, 
but he walks and talks with both of them in the garden. He spends time with them and he's forming and shaping how they are to be caretakers of the world, how they are to be cultivating the land that he gave them, how they are to be representing what the creator's like to the rest of the world. He's with them. If you ever just stop and think about that, he's shaping what their lives are to be like. The reason that they had no need to give into the lie and go take from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is because God himself was forming for them what was right and not right. He was forming for them what would be good in each situation. They had him to go to, right? And yet somewhere along the way, we know as the story goes that that all got messed up and people started being formed by other things. The first two humans were starting to be formed, reformed by a lie. Maybe God is holding out on you. And it's when they started to believe those words and allow their lives to be shaped by them that suddenly they were not being formed by their creator anymore. They were being formed by something other than. And what that started to do is actually deform them and all of existence. Their relationship with each other, their relationship with God, their relationship with the created earth was deformed to the point where it started to go into the deformation of death, decay, being wasted away. And yet God did not give up on trying to form a people for himself, forming living statues, representatives of himself. And you fast forward and we look in Psalm 139. I think I have that on the screen too, Patrick. In Psalm 139, Verses 13 and 14, the psalmist says this, for it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wondrously made. Your works are wondrous and I know this very well. This is centuries after that first deformation started happening when when the first humans rebelled against God and yet God continued to form people, that he's recognizing, that psalmist is recognizing that even in the womb, even though God created this reality where man and woman could come together and form a new being, that it's actually still God himself doing the work. That God was not a God who said, okay, fine. Is this what you want? Okay, fine. I'm gonna go over here then and do my own thing. He's not a hands-off God, that he's still getting his hands dirty in the soil. He's still forming each and every single human being you come across has been formed into the image of God. Many of them just don't know it. Many of them are allowing themselves to be deformed by a lie, by the enemy, by their own selfish desires. And here's the God's honest truth, the ugly truth. You and I are often right there with them, aren't we? That we know the truth, just like the first two humans did. We know the creator, just like the first two humans did. We have been formed by him. Like there's beautiful things happening in this body. I know God is forming us. Yet, I also know there are times where we allow other things to shape and form our lives. And what do we do about that? What do we do? We could try a lot harder, right? We we could put a lot of good practices in place that will transform who we are. 
We, we could work really hard at it. New Year's resolutions, here we come, right? We could give it our best go. And as long as we have the right spiritual disciplines, we call them spiritual, right? So they must be something good. Spiritual disciplines in place and the right practices in place. And we're doing our Bible study, quiet time, whatever you want to call it every day. Like maybe that's the thing that will transform us. Go with me to Revel, or not Revel, to Romans. We'll be in Revelation later in the year. Go with me to Romans chapter 12. right after Acts. This is what Paul wrote. He's writing a letter to the dispersed church throughout Rome, the dispersed believers. Many of them Gentiles, many of them not of the Jewish family that they came up through. This, this good news of Jesus has now been spread to the whole world. And Paul writes this to them. He says, Brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Verse two, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing and perfect will of God. So there it is, right? You just gotta make the choice. Don't be conformed by the world, be transformed. And then we all start looking up like tactics on how we can start transforming our minds. How do we renew ourselves, right? How, how do we get there? And we look to the Bible for some tools and some tips and some techniques and resources, right? And maybe if we put these things into practice and we try really hard, if this thing that I formed here uh, if I were just throw it out into the harsh sun and let it sit there for a while, what, what would happen to it? What was it? Melt? Yeah, probably. Dry out? Yeah. Yeah, it could melt, it could dry out. It's not going to be very moldable and pliable anymore, is it? Now, that's kind of like what being conformed to the world, like Paul's talking about, is is when we are surrounding ourselves with the harsh realities of this broken world, that we become less pliable and moldable to God's ways. We start being conformed into the shape of the world. But better yet, uh, if we're talking about the reality of our own sin, like we've been deformed too. This doesn't look like a person anymore. It wasn't a very good looking person model in the first place, but so you got this deformed thing, like part of it's about to fall off. And then you toss it out into the harsh sun and it gets dry and cracky or maybe it starts melting. How do you pick yourself up? How do you renew this? How do you transform it? How do you make it good again? You guys know the answer, right? You sat in this room long enough, you know where I'm going. You can't. You don't do it. What was there at the very beginning, though, when God formed the man? There's some elements there. There's the soil where things can grow, where God put every seed-bearing plant, every seed into the ground, and what did it do? It sprouted. Soil that God made. So that when we talk about the world, don't conform to the world, it's not, don't picture like, 
the actual earth, physical earth we stand in. We're, Paul's talking about the way that the world operates and our sinful, selfish nature. You had God's good earth. You had misty water coming up from the ground. If I literally, like, let's just think about Plato right now, metaphor side, but if I literally like had this sitting outside and it got all dried and cracked up, if I had any hope of bringing it back to pliable, moldable Plato, I would need to get some water on it, wouldn't I? Let's get some water in that thing. And then you can start shaping it. But it still didn't really take life until God breathed his own spirit into it. And what we have all throughout the scriptures, the scriptures talks about us being clay in the potter's hands, that we are to be molded and formed by him. But it also talks about Jesus being the living what? Water. It wasn't put there just for me to make a Plato metaphor today. It's because we will be dried and cracked up if we do not have Jesus reviving us that we are being conformed and deformed by our own sin and by the world that we live in, the harsh realities of a broken world. And we need the living water to come and revive our very bones. And we need the spirit of Jesus to enter into our lungs that we could start to be formed again. And this is when transformation happens. God formed humans at the very beginning, sin deformed humanity the harsh conditions of the broken world will have you conform to their ways, but Jesus and his spirit, by God's own breath breathed out, can transform us back into the true image of God that we were created to be. My hands are gonna smell like Play-Doh now all day. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Can you renew your own mind? Of course not so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. The only way to be able to discern the will of God, let's go back to the garden again. It's where we started. Who did they have forming what was to be good and not good? And yet they believe this lie that if we take from over here, we could decide what's good and not good ourselves. And Paul's reminding us right here, in order to discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God, how do you get formed by what is good and not good? By God himself. They would walk and talk with him in the garden. How can we be with God in the presence of God here today, here and now? Because that's the thing that will renew our mind. That's what will transform us. That's what will bring life to our bodies once again. The goal is being with God. That's what we're gonna be talking about throughout this whole cohort if you wanna join us on Saturdays, but being with God, not living life for God. If I just do enough things, God will approve of me and I'll get into heaven. That's a transactional relationship right there. You're trying to get something out of him. Not just that it's life under God, like, oh man, like God's in charge, but I'm just gonna do my thing and hopefully I don't, I don't make him angry, right? It's like this old view of having to appease the gods with sacrifices. No, no, God wants to be a God with us. And that's absolutely why he formed himself into the form of humanity. 
He formed himself into human form to come and get his hands and his feet dirty in the soil once again, literally when Jesus walked this earth. When he stooped down and he started drawing in the sand because people were ready to stone someone. And he goes, listen, you're all in the same boat. But Jesus came to reshape us, to transform us back into his image. He did that through the power of the spirit of God, breathed into the first man, dwelling within him. The spirit that revived him back from the deformation of death himself so that he could come back to life. And then he said, hey, listen, my father, God, he is sending the spirit to be with you now too. God's spirit, Emmanuel, God with us. That's why Jesus can say, I'll be with you always to the end of the age. Because when Jesus came to this earth and we were told, this is Emmanuel, God with you. And Jesus left the earth, it seemed like, but he says, no, no, I'm still with you. It's because the spirit of God himself can actually indwell in the people of God to form us and shape us into what we're supposed to be. So the good news is you don't have to try harder right? You you don't have to prove yourself, but at the same time, the same time, you do have to recognize the lies that you are allowing to deform yourself. And you do have to reject those. There is a work involved. There is a dying to yourself involved that you would not be the one who gets to mold and shape your own life, but you would say, God, here I am before you, you get to shape me. And so my heart is that we would take some time this year, today even, to actually just examine, like what are the things in our lives that are shaping us? Is it the fact that you look at your screen on your phone first thing in the morning every day? And then you look at it again last thing every night before you go to bed. Guess what? That's a a little subtle thing that is slowly forming you like a mucus ball in your throat. It's gross, isn't it? It's gross. I'm guilt. This I I bring up this analogy because it's the one I do. First thing in the morning, phone's right there. Last thing before I go to bed, phone's right there. Like I'm just I'm being honest and confessing. This is something that forms me. That I didn't even realize how much it was forming me until it was almost too late. And then I'm like, yeah, I know, but I can't I can't put it down. So the work that we are called to do is to put that down, is to walk away from it, is to literally die to that, to allow someone else to start forming us. I don't know what habits you've created. I don't know what what things you've allowed yourself to take in through watching or listening to, but those things are forming you. Take some time to really assess that and lay that before the Father and pray and ask him to start shaping and forming you so that you would actually be able to know what is good and pleasing. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us this. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. See, the new has come. I know sometimes it doesn't feel that way, does it? 
but the spirit of God, if you are in Jesus, has been breathed into you. And God is currently at work remolding and reshaping you. That's the good news. The, the charge is don't fight against it. Don't fight against it by running to all these other things that are entangling you. If I had this plate over my hand and Bethany had it in her hand and we were both trying to form the same lump into something different, how well is that gonna go? Don't fight against how God is trying to form and shape your life. But the good news is that what he started, what he began in you, Philippians says, he will accomplish. He will finish this good work he started in you. God's not a quitter. God will continue to form and shape you if you allow him. If you have put yourself in Christ, you will be molded into the form of Christ. Don't make it take longer than it needs to. I'm gonna give us just a couple minutes right now, maybe just even one minute, sit in silence. And I just want us to personally reflect what are the things, the routines, habits, patterns in our day-to-day lives that have been shaping and molding us lately? Has it been technology? Has it been the way you spend your money? Has it been the people that you spend your time with? God has come to breathe new life into you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. To say, God, here I am, all of me, in your hands, mold me, shape me, form me as you desire. This is holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. God, we ask that you would do that in each of us this year. Begin today. Form us into the image of your son, Jesus. Make us look more and more like you. May we be pleasing to you, God. May we go in the power of the Spirit to represent you more holy and more fully. In Jesus' name.